This is Live Limitless, episode number two. Welcome to the Live Limitless podcast, where we interview normal, everyday people who decided to push their limits and live a much more limitless and remarkable life. I am your host, Matthew G. Bailey, also known as International Man of Curiosity, a writer, lifestyle entrepreneur, and connoisseur of world travel. Please take a moment when the episode's over to visit livelimitless.net. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, You can sign up for the newsletter, or you can just find out when the next interview is coming out. So without further ado, let's do this. Welcome to another Live Limitless interview series with Rachel and Greg Denning from discovershareinspire.com and I'm actually so excited for this interview because I've, I've never actually met or interviewed anyone traveling with a family before. And as someone who's now engaged, uh, I'm thrilled to know that travel doesn't have to stop when kids arrive. Um, I guess I should start. Uh, first off, how's life in Guatemala? It's amazing. We are absolutely loving it. Um, we ironically planned to only stay here for like couple weeks maybe a few months and we've been here a year now because we love it so much and yeah it's awesome that's awesome when you get to a place and you're only expecting to stay a little while and stay a long time yeah it's some somewhere i guess i'd love to go eventually i have my my fiance's from mexico city so we've uh we've spent a lot of time there but we've never really gone around it's funny that She's actually more scared of her own country than I am. <laughs> Sorry. Well, no, and you know what? We love Mexico. Yeah, we love Seriously, Mexico the whole City. country. We spent on this trip. We spent four months just exploring the whole thing, driving all over from from top to bottom, and yeah. love Mexico. Even Mexico City. We just had such a great time in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. I love that. My ten-year-old daughter. She's like, Mexico is one of those places I could live. I really like Mexico. <laughs> yeah. We had some good times. I can't imagine how many how many things there are to see, right? Because it's a really big country. Oh yeah. Oh, it's huge. It's That's huge. Fun. Yeah. We we met another overlanding family, and they were like, "You guys only spent four months. We've been here three years. We haven't seen everything yet. You're going way too fast." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Three years. Yeah. Oh. And yeah. I, I guess now you're pretty much like geographically halfway through your journey. Um, what made yeah. you want to drive from Alaska to Argentina? Good question. Can we take it? Yeah. So we, we were in India, right? And we got pregnant with our fifth baby. We have five kids. And so little Atnas, we, we got pregnant with him over in India. So we flew from India to Atlanta, Georgia. We bought a van when we got off the airplane there. And we drove all across the U.S. up through Alberta and, nice. and British Columbia through the Yukon up into Alaska. We stayed there for a year. So then we were picking our next place, and, and Rachel and I were both really drawn to Thailand because her sister's over there, and to Colombia because we had some friends living in Bogota. So we're like, okay, let's let's try to narrow down between those two places. And we we started researching, and we realized, you know what? We don't want to stay in one place. We want to see more. We want to we want to see all these countries. And and the way to do that, you gotta have a vehicle. And so then we just started. Well, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna make this happen? How can we really travel? And then we kind of came across the idea of, you know what, this Alaska to Argentina thing really gets us, I think, 23 countries in total, and we get to explore. So, I mean, like straight line, we've only gone a few thousand 
We've already done like 27,000 miles on our truck just from Alaska because <laughs> we just zigzag all over the right, place, yeah. checking out everything. So, so now as a whole uh, traveling philosophy is see it all, to see it all of it slowly, just Which one place really at a time. Which is really impossible because you can't see it all. There's too much. Yeah, but yeah we just, we had driven to Costa Rica in 2007. And so just comparing that experience with, you know, we lived in the Dominican Republic, lived in India, comparing just the exploration with living in one place. We just were really drawn to that. So that's why we decided to do it. And then now ironically, We've we left two years ago from Alaska and we've been for a year in Guatemala. So. Yeah. <laughs> we're not we're not moving real fast though, but that, it's great. It's great that you love it time. so much though, right? Yep. Um, it's funny too. Like I mean, driving the entire length of of all the Americas is one thing, but then doing it with five kids is another. I just wondering, <laughs> like, how do you prepare for something like that? It's um, <laughs> a tough question. Yeah, that's tough. It's Really, it comes down to you just prepare what you can, and then inevitably you're going to make adjustments along the way all the time. And we, yeah. we left Alaska, and all we had was a truck with, like, a camper shell on it, and that was it. And then as we went, we realized, you know, to really make this work more, we need to improve things. We need to create a system for storing all our clothes and for cooking and a, you know, a better place to sleep. And so right. now we're at the point where we have a rooftop tent and Greg built a camper in Mexico, in Mexico nice. by hand. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> so now we have a camper on our truck with a rooftop tent and it has a kitchen in it and everything like that. And so it's totally evolved, you know, as we've gone along and said, oh, well, we really need this. We need this, you know, to make it work. So you do what you can, but then you just have to prepare to make adjustments. Cause and what about even like the, the boring stuff, like the health care and the insurance and taxes and stuff? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, t I'll tackle that one. So our thing on health care, that's one of the first questions people always ask us. What about insurance? What about health care? What about all these things? And our philosophy is more of a prevention uh, kind of healthcare where we really try to take fantastic care of our bodies. We exercise, we eat really well, and that prevents a lot of the illnesses and other problems. Um, and then try to try to be safe, but things happen. We have, uh, you get, we've had broken bones, you get cuts and bruises, you get sick, those kind of things happen. Most of the countries we've ever been have kind of a split healthcare system where they have free healthcare for the little things and then private healthcare for the big things. And even the private so much cheaper. And so we kind of go with, we have no insurance. Um, and, and from the time I left uh, the corporate world in 06 and haven't had insurance since then. And that's kind of a paying for what if versus paying for what is. Something really were to happen, then you make those payments and you pay for it yeah. instead of paying for a what if. And so yeah, it's kind of out there and I don't know People will really agree with it, but but we've we've been good. I mean, we've been healthy, we've been well, and and there's been a few occasions where we've had to go into the doctor, and yeah. and then you just take care of it, and it's there. And the, and there's we found that there's really good medicine in all the places we've been. Yeah. In fact, here in Guatemala, there's one of the the one of the best hospitals in all of Central America, wow. in Guatemala City. So thought, really, really high end. Yeah. And, our, and ironically, the place we're renting here, our next door neighbor is a, a doctor. <laughs> nice. That's the way so, so so it's been good. Um, you know, taxes, there's tax benefits for living abroad. Um, and We just file online, and, yeah. I mean, that makes it really easy, and yeah. especially if they do direct, yeah, direct sure. deposit. So, yeah, just depending on, 
you know, how you're earning money and different things like that, you just file online and take advantage of whatever tax credits you can get. Yeah, totally. Um, and how are the, the, uh, the kids liking it? Do you, do you like homeschool them yourself as well? Or? Yes, we call it world school. But yeah, <laughs> that's true. We do it ourselves, and we follow um, what we call a classical educational philosophy. So yeah. much of our curriculum is classical books and things like that. It's really based on literature, and then um, you know we'll we'll use online resources like Khan Academy for math. Um, we've used Starfall before. Um, you know some things like that we'll use to help with math and science and things like that but awesome. yeah we just do it wherever we are we can do it on the road and our kids i mean they personally they <laughs> travel and the adventure and and of course they've been doing it since they were four our That's oldest true. was four and now she's 10 so that they don't know much different they don't know any of this staying around stuff they, yeah. they're like and they're, I mean, they're always acting let's go do something more when are we going when are we going on a trip when are we going on a walk like let's go explore something let's go move somewhere else she's 10 and she's traveled more than most people right yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah and so i mean yeah they'll be they'll say stuff all the time you know what after we'd been here for like six months or something my one son he's like when are we gonna move we've lived in this house for a long time <laughs> it's That's like awesome. forever yeah we've been here forever <laughs> So they enjoy it and they are open to just exploring and they've, they've realized they have really good friends. They've made really good friends in every place we've gone. And here, one of the reasons we've been here so long is because we have really good friends here. We okay. have a great homeschool group. Um, but they also realize that every time we move, it's sad to leave, but they always make new friends. Yep. They, yeah, totally. they realize that. And so even though it's it is sad to leave, they're always looking forward to the next adventure and the new people we're going to meet. And and they'll have so a lot of friends cool. on Facebook, right? <laughs> oh yeah. man, they, we, totally. literally we have friends all over the world because we meet people <laughs> from Europe and Switzerland and Asia and all. Over. Like, hey, come anytime. You're welcome here. Yeah. Hey, I got to share something though that okay. one of my all-time heroes is Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, the guy was amazing, and I've read his biographies and his autobiographies, and his whole educational. Uh, background as a child is they would pack up massive trunks full of great books the best books right the classics yeah. and then they would travel all over the world they would go to europe and africa and egypt and all over the place and his whole upbringing was with great classical literature and experiences wow. and i thought that that's it and he became this incredible man and so that's kind of our philosophy that's our educational philosophy teddy is the, the teddy roosevelt <laughs> education where you go out and you have fantastic Experiences, right? And you experience the world firsthand. And, and you should see the kids, their, their languages and their confidence. I mean, they're willing to talk to whoever, whenever, and, and, and try different things. I mean, they're bold. And, and then we well, go out and we'll jump off bridges and swim in waterfalls and we'll go to new places and strange foods. They'll, they'll eat them. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's great. <laughs> My daughter ate fried grasshoppers in Mexico. I loved them. <laughs> nice. And then just like a couple of weeks ago, we went to the El Salvador, Guatemala border. And she, I remember the first time we started traveling in 2007. I mean, I was terrified of borders. I literally would like hide in, lock myself in the car with my kids and be like, don't get out. No one get out, you know? And we got to this border and she hops right out and she's walking around and talking to people and she goes and gets food for the whole family, gives it back to us. And I mean, she's just confident <laughs> and capable and 
it's just really impressive. Yeah, it's great. it's it's great. We're starting to see the fruits already. You'll have to bring them to uh, Cambodia where they can try uh, deep fried tarantula. That's a good yeah, one. <laughs> that sounds good. She would try it. I don't they, they all would. They'd love it. Yeah, and, funny. and your truck you, is powered on vegetable oil, right? That. Yeah, we so we were, I'd never heard of it before. Um, we were living in Homer, Alaska, and a good friend of ours had moved, he grew up there and then moved back there, and that was his business. He converts diesel engines to run on vegetable oil. Right. And he's like, we so, so we mentioned it to him, we're going to do a trip. He's like, well, man, if you're doing a trip over land, you've got to do it with diesel. So he says, buy a diesel truck and we'll convert it to veggie. And that was the first time I'd ever heard of it. And so he explained it to me, you just you pick up waste vegetable oil from restaurants. And you run it through this filtration system, and it burns the same as diesel. And so we've done those most almost, of those twenty-seven thousand yeah. miles almost entirely for free. Yeah, I mean, it's wow. been cheap. So it's been yeah, it's been a great great resource. And that's definitely some travel hacking, right? I mean, <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you probably get asked this one a lot, but how do you fund a trip like this? Um, specifically for this trip, like, you know, we've been traveling since 07 and we've done different things yeah. probably every time we've gone someplace new. Specifically for this trip, we started on savings and then along the way, we um, sometimes would even stop up for work. Mm -hmm. If, you know, we were traveling somewhere or specifically if we knew someone, we'd stop and work. And then um, I focused on building up my blog as a business. And so now we earn income from our blog, from advertising, affiliate sales, and then our own products. And then we still just do other, you know, we have multiple streams, you know, patchwork income is what we call it. He, right, currently right now, he's doing some mentoring, Greg is, he's, that's his thing, he's really good. He's done personal coaching and mentoring and things like that. And we've had we've had paid mastermind groups and it's just just whatever you put together. We're so determined to have the lifestyle we want that we're willing to do whatever it takes. And I think totally. that's the ticket yeah, for people. So. You got to figure out what kind of life you want to live and then figure out a way to make it work instead it, of just acquiescing and saying, "Well, I got to have a job in the job city, so I have to live there, and I got to wake up every day for the next forty years and go to a job that I hate." <laughs> which is a sad existence it really then is you get to retire and enjoy it yeah life. exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah what would you say some so of the I, sorry you can go ahead. no i was just going to mention that that that's actually one of the things we're focusing on right now is we're doing a similar interview type series but specifically on how to fund travel because that is such right. a big question and there's so many ways to do it i mean we've people have told us that they've you know, they teach English or they just go down and get work wherever or they, you know, have some type of online business or just so many different things. It's really amazing and impressive how many yeah. different ways people come up with to fund travel. So weekly, it's really cool to see that. Weekly, weekly, we meet a new traveling couple or individual or family. or family that have figured out a way to fund their travels. And so we're like, hey, that's great. So Let's do an interview. How'd you do that? And there's totally so possible. many ways to do it. So... It's not just one size fits all. Yeah, especially like I find if, if you're not so much worried about also saving a lot of money, but just on the lifestyle, then it's definitely doable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. What would you say some of the, I guess, the greatest things you've learned on, on this trip in particular? The greatest things we've done? Just or learned from, from doing it. Oh, learned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think... 
probably one of the biggest things I've learned was realizing that you really are not in control of your life. We drove through Mexico and um, our truck broke down for like three weeks and we were totally stuck. And for me, it was a very, very frustrating experience. And I really had to get to the point where I just really just submitted to, you know, what life brings. Because we we try to plan and organize and, you know, have a goal for our life, which is all good. We We need to do that. But then at yeah. the same time, the other side of it is sometimes you just don't have control and you just have to submit and just open to learning from whatever happens, you know, and learning yeah. the lessons that life brings. And so that was a really big, a big learning experience for me to just say, all right, I'm just going to accept and I'm going to learn and I'm going to be humble, you know, yeah. and not try to try to think things have to be a certain way in order for me to be happy or, you know, to be fulfilled, whatever it is, just, awesome. just live it. Take life it. As it Good point. Yeah. So just funny little thing what actually caused all those problems we couldn't figure out for all those weeks was this teeny little o-ring on the bottom of the fuel injector <laughs> that was probably worth 50 cents yeah and we went through everything we're like it's got to be this it's got to be that and it took forever we finally figured it out we're like duh and uh, <laughs> so it was a simple fix it's been good since but man that was yeah it was a frustrating three weeks you know we're trying to get things done yeah uh, a couple things that i've learned for sure well always every time we travel we learn about perspective you you see and experience things and meet wonderful people and it just changes the way you view things. Right? You'll meet you'll meet a That's family true. that just has nothing and they're so happy and so close and they live in a shack and they're like, yeah, life's good. <laughs> We're raising our kids to be good people and they and they really are just solid people. You well, know, you don't you don't need all the things, right? You can live a simple life and have all the things that matter. You know, the most important thing in life is that. It's not things that matter. Well, and and also that we've learned from some of these most the humblest people is how generous they are and how to be giving and 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 just sharing of what you have. I mean, so often we've in the Dominican Republic we um, did this book project and we got all these books and we specifically saved a few books for this boy that was special to us and we went to his house and we gave him these books. He, well, let, let me thing. let me set this up. We were sitting on a beach, <laughs> a gorgeous beach, a gorgeous beach in the DR, and he's he's a dwarf. He was only a couple feet tall. He's like thirteen, but and just, he, just short. Maybe two, maybe two or three feet tall. And he walks over to us through the sand, and he's like, he first thing he says, "Do you guys happen to have any books for me? I'd like to learn." learn and we're English. like, Lear, "Like to learn English?" And we're like, "Whoa, <laughs> yeah, we'll get you some books, buddy." And then his sister. She only had one leg. She had a little peg leg, like a like you'd see in a pirate book. She had a little peg leg. Just a special little family. So we set aside these books, had some friends bring them down. And well, and we're always wherever we're, we're always trying to do something good. We're trying to make the world a better place. We're trying to make a difference. And so we we go over there with these books. And so we give them to him and his family. And the first thing they do is start calling all their neighbors. Hey, hey, come over here! And they immediately pass them out to so that everyone has one. Wow, and, and we were just like, wow, that is amazing. Because I don't know, that's not necessarily the philosophy that we grew up with, that at least I grew up with in the States. It's not to, hey, I've got this and I immediately share it with everyone around me. It's I've got this and it's mine. And, and I'm, I'm going to take keep it. I'm going to keep it and guard it. And yeah. And so sure. those types of experiences have just happened to us again and again. And it's taught us so much about being giving and, and abundant and free with what you have. 
<clears throat> yeah, yeah I had like a similar, well, many experiences, I guess, but one of the ones that comes to mind the most uh, was in Myanmar. I just thought that, I mean, a lot of people know them as being such beautiful people, but it's, it's amazing because they come from like this, this military regime. Uh, they're very oppressed and no one's allowed to really do business with them. And uh, people are nervous to go there because of that, but the, the people are so wonderful. It's amazing. And um, I, I, one night at midnight, I went out and hung out with some teenagers that were playing the guitar. And like, it's dark. I don't know who I'm talking to. And uh, I ended up, they invited a bunch of friends over because they were like so amazed that I would sit down with them. And they went and they bought me a beer, which is probably <laughs> like a, you know, a day or two salary, a day or two wage for, for them in Myanmar. Mm -hmm. And I offered to pay for it. And they're like, no, no, we just, uh, are you happy? Like always asking me if I'm happy. And it's incredible. Yeah. We've uh, had so many experiences awesome. like that. That's the one thing that never ceases to amaze us. Wherever we go is the goodness of people. Totally. Yeah. And what would you say have been some of the most difficult challenges on this trip? Well, the track. Uh, well, right now, sure. eh, that was, that was three, <laughs> three hard weeks and we were just like, I rolled Cause you, you plan yeah. something and it doesn't work out as you plan. It gets frustrating. Sure. Um, I think one of the hardest things, and I think you'd agree is deciding what not to see and what not to do. Cause we, you know, there's so much to see and do and so much experience and you're like, you can't, Unfortunately, you can't hit all of it. And so we're like, we'd have to drive past this place and be like, oh, I can't stop. <laughs> but, but it's been. I think other than good. that, it's just, you know, when you are traveling long term, you come to a point when you learn that you still have to live life. You know, you're not on vacation. It's this is life. And so you have to make sure you make time and space for, you know, normal life just being together as a family and, yeah. and making time to work and making time to do, you know, school and things like that. And so I think that is just, that's been a constant thing that's evolved and grown. It's just still structuring our life so that it's, you know, family life and we're spending time together and we're learning and growing, progressing rather than just being on vacation. Cause a lot of times on vacation, yeah. you just let everything go and then it's chaos and, <laughs> you really get to the point where no one's happy because it's just wild and you crazy. can't wait to go home because yeah. there's some order and stability right. so just learning to be to have that while you're still on the road while you're traveling that really helps when you're traveling long term yeah that'd especially be a good thing to learn because even like yeah especially with kids like with what greg said um we spent all last year in southeast asia and i just thought the last five months i don't know why but for some reason we tried to do everything and so we were like always on a bus every two or three days going to a new place and it, it yeah. like it really yeah. it kind of irritates you after a while and you it's get like tiring. really tired <laughs> there was some nights i wasn't even sleeping anymore probably just because like so stressed out and <laughs> we got to see yeah. a lot of stuff but we, def we definitely should have added a few days here and there to to just relax just relax yeah, yeah. soak it yeah. in and experience the culture yeah I, you know i say everyone at some point needs to ride one of those chicken buses but man <laughs> They get old. Yeah. <laughs> I've spent so many hours on those darn things. Oh, yeah, it's very uncomfortable. Hot. For sure. Um, I got. I got to share something if okay. I could, though. Just about this whole idea of preparing to go and experiencing the trip. I think the best thing you can do is to prepare yourself, right? To to decide what kind of attitude you're going to have about about life, and see, yeah, I'm gonna totally. I'm gonna take what comes, and we're gonna go out and we're gonna have great experiences and fully expect it because we'll get what we expect. 
if you go out and you're like, it's going to be so hard and the kids are going to be rotten and have, they're going to fight and life's going to be tough. Well, or even the opposite side where you go and expect that everything's going to be totally great because it's not. Sometimes everyone's going to be hungry and sometimes everyone's going to be tired. And, and you can't find food or a bathroom. Yeah. You're just yeah. like, ah, all five kids to... have to go to the bathroom right now. There's a place to go. <laughs> this is drives you crazy. You just have to be open to, you know, whatever comes, whether it's good or bad, you know, just accept it and learn to deal with it, enjoy it, and just flow with it. Yeah. Awesome. But I, I just one quick story. Yeah. I've always wanted to base jump. All right. And uh, that, that's been on my, my bucket list or my life list. I've always wanted to do that. But, you know, where? where? I didn't know anything. So we went to visit a friend in Idaho coming down um, out of Canada. And, and so we go into Idaho and cross the, there's this bridge over the Snake River in Twin Falls. And there's, there was some guys base jumping. And I was like, whoa, no way. I didn't know they did that here. And it's a 500 foot bridge. So we went and looked into it. And it was $400 for one tandem jump. And I was like, man, I don't, 400 bucks. I don't want to throw on 400 bucks right now to be strapped to some dude and throw ourselves off the bridge. And so I said, well, you know, to jump solo, you have to have jumped out of an airplane. You have to have skydived 200 times. Wow. And, was, and I've never skydived. So I'm like, oh, man, how's it going to work? So we're just kind of sitting there, and I wanted to do it. And there's this guy just sitting on the grass nearby. So I just go up and start talking to him. And he uh, turns out he's a professional stuntman and was there filming some base jumping. And I was like, oh, I really want to do that. And he's like, well, I have an extra pair. I have an extra shoot. He says, you can jump with us tomorrow. And I was like, oh. so I got all nervous. And I was like, well, how much, how much, how much are you can charge me? Thinking maybe he was trying to make a whole bunch of money. And he's like, oh, I don't know. give me 20 bucks. So I'm like, you're kidding. I, I got to go base jumping for 20 bucks. I've never skydived or anything. And here I get to go base jump with this professional stuntman. So that would be turns, scary. Oh, yeah. And so the, the <laughs> night before, we are just like, oh, my gosh, am I risking my life here? Is this madness or yeah. what? So the next morning, we're you know nervous and butterflies. And we go over there. And he just walks us through the whole thing. He's like, this is safety. This is how it works. This is what you do if something goes wrong. And this is how it all works. And he, he, it was ignorance that made us scared, right? Is well, it- yes. He taught us about um, how it worked and what makes it risky and what makes it safe and different things like that. Then our fear started to decrease. And I think that's true with a lot of things is that we have all these fears about why thing is dangerous, why Mexico is dangerous, why this or why that. But then as we learn more, as we educate ourselves, then we realize that our fears were unfounded in a lot of things and it gives us more confidence to, you know, try it, to go for it. So he did it. He so jumped. turns out I jumped. It was one of the coolest experiences of my life. I got to the bottom and I realized that I hadn't turned on my GoPro camera. And so I climbed in and I had to land in the river. And so I climbed into the boat and I'm like, oh, I didn't turn on the camera. And his name is Mike's Mike's like, Hey, no worries. We'll just jump again. <laughs> and so I got to jump base jump twice that day for 40 bucks. And, and we couldn't possibly have planned that. There's yes. no way I could have planned that experience. We didn't even know it existed. And so great things will come about if, if we're going with a good attitude and just taking life as it comes, cool things will happen. Awesome. We call it serendipity. Good word. I've, it's funny. I've skydived and bungee jumped, but that, that would be completely different. I think you got to try it. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> It actually funny. It, it kind of leads me into the next question a bit. Like since, especially since we've talked a lot about a road trip around Mexico, cause she wants to see her own country. Uh, like, were you ever worried about the, the, the safety, especially like in Northern Mexico or El Salvador, or places like that, that most people are nervous to, to drive through? 
I'm I'm gonna let Rach take this one because I'm I'm kind of been bold. I it takes a lot to scare me, and I'll I'll try a lot of different stuff. But honestly, this trip has been so good. I'll, I'll let Rach answer that one. I I have never felt frightened. I've never felt scared. Um, I will say that we don't personally we don't spend a lot of time in touristy areas. We are out in the you know local areas, the villages, the even the cities that aren't like big tourist destinations. Yeah. And I personally think there was one experience where I got my camera stolen in Tulum, Mexico, but it was a you know, it's a more touristy destination. True. That was the only thing. And I think that personally our take on it is that when you're in tourist areas, people are more likely to try and take advantage of you because they've had a lot more interaction, some of it negative with, you know, foreigners. Yeah. But in the in the regular rest of Mexico, I mean, they're just kind, loving, humble. Um, we've been treated so excellently by them. We, our truck broke down. Well, no, we had a flat tire thing, um, in more Northern Mexico and they just went out of their way to help us and fix it and brought us cheese to oh, eat. Oh yeah, this guy, he's, this guy pulls over, he's like, can I help? And I'm like, yeah, we need some help. And he's like, well, I'll call McKenny. He called and he stood there and he stood, he stayed with us for stayed hours up, into yeah, the dark. And he's like, you know, he's like, I own a store. I'll be right back. He went down to the store. He came back with all this food, all this cheese he yeah. made, fed our kids, brought all this fruit and stuff. And I'm like, well, let me pay. No, 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 no. Let me, I'll just, I'll just give you guys all this food. And he, we just hung out. We became friends. Yeah. And they just go out of their way to help. And so we've never once, I've never once felt threatened. No, I haven't. Not once. That's cool. Yeah. It's funny because we were going to do a road trip once and it's her mom, right? Maybe coming from Mexico City, she's the one that was like, oh, I don't want you driving through the north because... Even they hear all the stories that we hear. Yeah. Uh, you know, about the the worst spots, but I guess it's all relative. I think, yeah, and I think, you know, just like anywhere, if you go to downtown Dallas, you, there's common sense and there's there's precautions that you should take. And I think that's true anywhere in the world, you know. be Take precautions, but it doesn't mean it's not safe necessarily. I, I got to the night we crossed the border, the night before we crossed the Mexican border, we slept in Arizona in Agua, Agua Prieta is what it's called. So we slept right by the wall, right? Yeah. So there's this open desert sagebrush. We camped right out next, you know, just out from the wall, the, the, the wall that's the border that divides <laughs> Mexico crazy. from the U.S., right? And there's cameras everywhere and there's patrol everywhere, right? So we pull up and start setting up camp and they were there immediately. I mean, the, the patrol came, Whoa, what are you guys doing? I'm like, we're just camping. He's like, okay, cool. And he's like, you got, and I said, we're okay to camp here. Oh yeah. yeah. And he's like, this is one of the highest border crossings, um, along the whole border, most traffic, most wow. traffic border crossing mm -hmm. of people coming into the United States. And I said, what about drugs? And he's like, yeah, there's plenty of drugs that come over too. And he says, in fact, we got a couple guys chasing somebody in this ditch right now, right, right by where you are. And we heard we had, that night we heard four wheelers buzzing all over and people, I mean, chasing them all night long. But I asked him and I asked multiple patrol guys and I said, is there any risk? And he's like, no, he's like, that's a major misconception. Even with the drugs, unless you're involved in the drug scheme, they usually, they don't, they don't go after other people. It's like they're, they're hurting each other inside the drug circle. Yeah. And he's like, you guys will be fine. And we, we've seen that to be the case is we, if we're going out of business and we're staying in good areas, then we've never felt threatened. 
That that'd be one crazy experience. I think. Yeah, it was it was cool. <laughs> That's like cool. even even the guy who helped you on the road was he was he speaking English or Spanish? I guess uh, Spanish, it was all Spanish. Okay. Because again, like Rach said, we stay away from the, the touristy areas for the most, and so we get back in there. We're they don't speak English. Yeah, and I and, think that that probably helps that mm-hmm. he speaks really well, and I you know I speak. That's true. Mostly. So I think knowing the language does help. It mm-hmm. you know it helps to cross the barrier a little bit, but. Right, yeah, our so experience is that are... people like to see that you're making an effort to learn their language. They like that. Yeah. And they're like, totally. hey, that's that's cool. At least trying, you know, even yeah. if you're killing it. So you're <laughs> at least trying to speak their language and they're more they're more likely. And again, in those other areas, which is funny, we always see this. In the tourist areas, they try to jump up the price, right? They see right. you come and they're like, hey, hey, cha-ching, I'm gonna clean up. <laughs> and then you know, go ten times the high of the price. Where if you go away from the tourist areas, they don't even think like that. They offer that's you the true. same price they'd offer their own mother. And I was like, Oh, that seems way too cheap. <laughs> Yeah, totally. that's the price it is. Yep. And uh, since since this blog is about living limitless, and I thought this was like a a perfect or like e- even an extreme example, really. And uh, I think a trip like this, like you were saying, takes a certain mindset. And I was just wondering, like, how how would how would you say you've developed such a mindset, and and when did it kind of start to form? Have it right in my mind. <laughs> okay, we were driving into mexico on our first trip in 07 and man we were scared we both had butterflies so bad we were just like what are we doing and we only stayed at high-end resorts that were fully closed and only ate at american fast food restaurants it was it was ridiculous but we listened to an audio book on the way down by wayne dyer called how to become no limit person and he started asking questions like well why do you do what you do why do you believe what you believe why do you live where you live? If you were taken off the earth and you're up in space looking back and you could see the whole earth and you could live anywhere, where would you go and why? And he started just questioning everything. Well, why do you eat three times a day? Why do you sleep as much as you do? They've done tests that so you don't need to sleep that much. Why do you do that? Why do you, why do you, you know, and all this social conditioning, right? And all these things. And so he's like, wait a minute, why are we afraid of Mexico? Why are, why won't we eat local foods and why won't we eat street from street vendors and all these different things? Why, why, why are people afraid to travel with children? Why do we, think that with five kids, we can't cross the globe. And so he started questioning all this stuff. And that really changed our whole paradigm, our whole perspective, our whole reality. And now we've, we've grown into it to become really try to be limitless people. Like, Hey, we, if it can be done, then we can do it. Yeah. To ask questions about why or why not. That sounds like a book I should probably check out. What was the name? It was a book or audio book. It's an audio by Wayne Dyer called how to become a no limit person okay cool and it's fantastic and and basically the whole thing is question why you know your your reality a lot of us are looking through lenses that we developed in our society we have you know we have these glasses on and this we're making decisions about life based on these lenses so we you know we're making choices which house am i going to buy which job am i going to take when really there's an entire spectrum we're not even aware of and so when we learn to look past those lenses, then there's just more opportunities, more options that come available. At one, this is one small example, but, you know, a mango is my favorite fruit. But I never knew I liked mangoes until <laughs> like a few years ago when I started traveling and actually ate them in Costa Rica. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so good. I love this fruit. But I never knew it was an option because I grew up in a place where mangoes didn't grow. You know? Yeah. 
So just small things like that. You don't you don't know about what you love or what you're passionate about or what your true calling is because you haven't had enough experiences to figure it out. So you've got to go out and try new things and 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 see new things and do new things so that you are aware of more options. Absolutely. I always I always imagine what if uh, you know if there wasn't so much trade globally like what I would see in Canada, right? <laughs> there'd be, right. There, there'd, be exactly. no, there'd be no fruit, essentially, just apples exactly. or something yeah. in the summer. So it'd be pretty amazing. That's how Alaska was. I'm like, yeah. man, all you'd have up here is salmon and halibut, and yeah. then the rest of the year you'd be toast. <laughs> so no, but like India, you've been in Asia, and we've yet to do Asia. I'm excited to go over there. But India was great for us because so much of it was opposite of everything we know. They eat with their fingers. They do not have, I mean, it was hard for us to even find forks and spoons. And at first you're like, what? You don't eat forks and spoons. And then they would look at us and be like, what? You put that chunk of metal in your mouth? <laughs> right? It was the exact opposite. They drive on the left-hand side of the road. And I'm like, I, I couldn't get used to it. You know, it was weird. And they're right, yeah, they're on the right side of the car on the left side of the road. <laughs> and I'm like, so backwards. And they look at us and like, you guys are so backwards. And I started thinking, wait a minute. Uh, what if I'd been born over here? I'd think the other side was weird, but because I was here, I think they're weird. And so it starts changing everything. They do all arranged marriages. And and I'm like, what? Your mom picked your wife? Dude, you know? <laughs> but they're like, no, I would never, I would never want to do it myself. My my parents have more wisdom than I. I think they should pick my wife. And so it was all, it blew off all these notions we have, right? All these prejudices, all these pre- preconceived notions. And it threw off the limits, Right. Of hey, there's there's more than one way to do things, and and it can turn out great. Yeah. So fascinating <laughs> experiences like that. That's probably going to lead you into the the last question I had for you, which was, um, uh, what advice would you give someone who's watching or listening to this interview, who's who's like aching to do something limitless or like something calling them, but you know they're scared, they're nervous, or they're just holding themselves back. I think the biggest, most important thing is to just start taking action. Um, If you have some type of dream, it will never happen unless you at least take those first baby steps. You know, take the, if you want to go travel, whatever it is, decide what, what has to happen for that to become a reality. And then just start doing the, the first things, you know, start. Selling stuff, start yes. looking at plane sell, tickets, sell a piece of furniture tomorrow. Money. <laughs> Whatever it is, just tar- start taking small steps that would get, bring you close to that goal, and then take the next step, and then take the next step, and then take the next step. And it's amazing how doors start to open and opportunities present themselves, and things that you never thought could happen begin to happen. And then before you know it, you're doing it, and it's amazing. It's an incredible process, but you have to be willing to put yourself out there and take the steps. Often a step into the darkness, but then what's that quote? Is it Goethe that says that boldness has a power and genius in it, that, that once you commit, then providence moves too. I mean, doors start to open. Things start to happen that never would happen or could happen until you start moving forward. And so there's fears, right? You're scared and you got to face that fear and take a step in the right direction. And even this trip, this was big for us to leave Alaska and we got in a car accident and we were looking for another car because ours got totaled. And we thought, wait a minute, if we're really going to move forward with this trip, then we need to buy the vehicle we're going to take on this trip. And so we went ahead and we bought that, you know, it's this, it's called the as if principle. You begin acting as if it's already going to happen. 
And then that starts moving forward and then doors open that you, you thought were obstacles and then they open up and you're like, ah, sweet. And you can forward to your dream. So yeah, I, I would say be bold. And one of the one things I do in all my personal coaching and teaching, I have people identify their priorities and the, their perspectives, but what's your, what are your top five priorities? And then once you've clearly established those live accordingly. And for us, family time is top, top, top. And so I'm, I can't be 80 hours or 60 hours or even 40 hours at a, a job away from my family. I mean, that makes me unemployable because I'm like, no, my priority is family time. Then what am I going to do to have family time, right? And exploring. And we're going to explore. So set your priorities and live accordingly and, and throw off everything else and say, I'm going to live my life. And, and life is exactly what we make of it. It really is. And so we can have style design and, and make our lives the way we want it to be. It's funny when you mentioned the 40 hour work week, it just, for some reason it reminds me of, uh, have you ever seen dumb and dumber? Yeah. <laughs> just when he's like, man, there's no jobs out there. Well, not unless you want to work 40 hours a week. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's good. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. All right. Well, this was like an awesome interview. I really loved it. Um, especially doing it with two people. It's like totally changes the, uh, dynamic. It's yeah. great. It's great to get the two different Thank perspectives. You. Yeah, we've really enjoyed it. Thanks for yeah, coming it's fun. by. It's fun because we'll have the same experience and see things differently. So we really appreciate it. Thanks. And I love what you're doing. And, and man, I just can't, it, what you're doing resonates with us. And I can't say it enough to people who are listening. Question your limits. Push yourself beyond your limits. Physically, mentally, socially, experience life. Just push yourself beyond your limits. And you'll be amazed at the growth and the experiences that come. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for, for the interview and uh, good luck on the rest of your trip. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great hopefully day. Hopefully I'll see you at some point. We are definitely considering South America, so might run into Very cool. Okay, let's great. meet up. All right. Okay, have a great day. Take care. Well, that's it for the interview, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it. What an inspiring story to see a family of seven traveling all across the world and just one more amazing example of how you can truly live a limitless life Without excuses, when you want something, you just go after it. And they've proved that you can do that, even with five kids. If you'd like to hear more from them, you can visit their website at discovershareinspire.com or stop by livelimitless.net. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll have all the links up there. If you liked the interview, I would love a review on iTunes. Take care and have a good one.